Craft Beer Radio, episode 331, on April 25th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we feel the need, the need for speed. I am Goose. <laughs> that makes me Maverick, I guess. I thought you were going to take Maverick. No, I'll let you be Maverick. Sweet. This is a prime number show, 331. Yay. Yay. Arbitrary significance. And so we have a bunch of different beers, a lot of San Diego stuff. A lot of San Diego stuff. Not Even- all. Yeah, Mission's in San Diego. Yeah, even the ones that didn't come from Mike. <laughs> Let's do the hard group beer first. Yeah, so this is sent to us from Mission Brewing in San Diego. This is a their hard root beer. 7%, I think, 7 point something percent alcohol. They don't have much information on their website about it. But they asked if we wanted it, and we said, sure. Pour is very dark. Fizzy, like a soda pop. Smells like a soda. <laughs> it's got a lot of sugar on it. Yeah, technically not. Technically a malt beverage, not a beer. Yeah, it says seven point five on the label, and it definitely smells like root beer. You get that big. I guess it's sassafras, mm-hmm. maybe a touch of anise or something like that. Yeah, sassafras, a little bit of wintergreen. Mm-hmm. Definitely smells like root beer. Doesn't smell like. Doesn't smell hard or anything like that from the yeah. nose. Just smells like a good root beer. Very high carbonation, like a soda. And. There's a kind of barrel aged quality to it, doesn't it? It, it tastes like a. It tastes a lot like a darker sugar than normally used in sodas. Yeah. It's also not as syrupy as a, mm-hmm. as a soda root beer. And I think there's some hops in here, too. I mean, they have to at least put, like, a token amount in because they're a brewery. So there has to be a token amount of malt and hops in here. But I I think that there's there's an interesting bit, uh, because there's something in the flavor that's a little orangey, maybe, and it's... Okay. It's Mm -hmm. giving me an indication that I think they threw some, like, Centennial in there or something. Yeah, I think I'm following what you're saying. It's pretty good. It, it's definitely good. It's it doesn't taste boozy either. It hides the alcohol well. Um, like I said, I think it just it tastes less syrupy than your mass market root beers. Yeah, it has a, a yeah, it has that sort of darker malt mm-hmm. quality to it. Um, and like I said, there's a little kind of there's an oaky note or something barrel like about it. There's a little sort of a whiskey quality I think mm-hmm. to it too. Giving me ideas, man. Barrel aged root beer, <laughs> bourbon barrel aged root beer. Speaking of bourbon barrel aged, I had a beer today. It was I went to Bocktown to try to get some of these collaboration beers mm-hmm. for Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week before the week's over, which is over tomorrow because I hadn't had any. So I got to try three or four of them, and there were some good ones. The one that uh, the one that was the best was probably the one that let's see who was it Hitchhiker Grist House. I forget the other breweries, but that one it was kind of a very citrusy wheat beer, delicious. But Grist House had uh, their Imperial Stout. It was uh, barrel aged in four roses barrels. Oh my God, was that good! 
was so good. Was it like just bourbon or was it? It was blended out. I mean, so they blended it right where they got it. And the carried, it carried, um, it wasn't like super boozy and whiskey-like. It wasn't super oaky. It was this really nice mix where you got some of the great nuance out of, you get out of whiskey, cinnamon, vanilla, Mm -hmm. um, things like that. And, oh, it was so yummy. I think it was right to start with this because it's very sweet. As you know, mm-hmm. as it is basically a soft drink, uh, you know it's sweeter than even like some wine coolers. It's it's mm-hmm. got a lot of sweetness to it, so it might be like off putting trying to compare this with an IPA or something like that. But right, I think as as a you know, um, as a decent drinker, as something to to get yourself a little buzz by, if you just want to down something quick, this will definitely do your do you very well and. It tastes like a good root beer. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, turn my nose up at, you know, a sweet um, soda-y beverage. This Mm -hmm. is fine. I mean, not even fine. I'm enjoying this quite a bit, you know. Trying to figure out, like, when I would... Excuse me, I'm about ready to sneeze. Bless you. I'm trying to think when I would, you know, opt to have this over a beer... Probably if it was like in a cooler, and you know, it was something to choose from. But, but like, I don't see myself ordering it at a bar. Yeah, it's picnic. I would definitely have picnic. picnic. I mean, maybe there's all you've you've had all the beers at the bar before. You just it, you just want to yeah get something sweet. I don't know. Maybe work works a good place. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It's root beer. If you're working construction, you know, you need to. <laughs> it says right there, root beer. Right. Just like lemonade, right? Yep. <laughs> no, I don't taste like um, the taste high fructose corn syrup. But it feels like it's all malt. Mm-hmm. So a lot of sweetness. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, there's, there's probably added, but probably some sucrose or something in yeah. there. I mean, with how much sweetness there is in there, they probably got the. It was kind of cloudy towards the bottom, so I, I wouldn't say there's no yeast in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of residual sweetness, so. I'm curious how they got it so sweet. I mean, they they say malt beverage, natural and artificial flavors, caramel color, and certified color. Right. So they don't say anything about that. You know, I don't know. Would they be forced to put high fructose corn syrup as an ingredient if it were there? Is California? They have interesting labeling requirements. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's. Can you pour this out for me? It's probably still a beer or a malt beverage, right? There's yeah. malt in, at least malt in there. So it might not have the same kind of labeling requirements that, you know, the beers mm-hmm. have. And that's true. I mean, when we were at, we were at Anheuser-Busch, they had a barrels and barrels, like 50-pound barrels of the stuff. HFCS, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we move on to another San Diego beer. This one sent to us by Mike. This is another Modern Times beer. I think this is the last Modern Times we have. Uh, probably. Yeah. This is the, their Lamo Land, a Saison. 5.5% alcohol by volume, 30 IBUs. Hops that are used are Czech Zotz hops. The malt varieties are Pilsner wheat malt and flaked corn. This is the blue Modern Times. The blue Modern yeah, let Times. Let me give you a little bit of the 
least the bottomness of that. Yeah, I think for this beer we definitely want the rusticness. So we have a straw color beer with very you know very cloudy. Once you get that mm-hmm. yeast settled in there, about a finger's worth of head doesn't you know it's a fine head, but it doesn't look like the same kind of uh, infected head that you get that we've got with one of them, right? The uh, the aroma on it, and that was you know thinking back for an infected beer that was a very tasty beer. Well, it was just barely getting yeah. infected. That was the one we did on uh, what three twenty nine with Chip and Alexis. Yes. Uh, yeah, the aroma on this one is kind of lemony, wheat like. This is the one that has uh, Pilsner malt, flaked wheat, flaked corn, two row in it. The marketing speak say it smells like hay, pepper, and friendly sunshine. I like friendly sunshine. It's better than evil burning your skin sunshine. I don't know how either one smells, but I suppose if you have... Um... Uh, the you know what I'm talking something about. Something tickophilia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have that condition, it's not really a condition. Why can't I remember it? Anyway, the thing where you perceive right, yeah. senses is different than you could probably smell sunshine. Yeah, so I'm getting more of a lemongrass than a straw off of the nose. It's kind of tangy and lemony. We'll see what we get in the flavor. That's really the main part of the aroma. That flaked wheat has Zotz hops in here. I'm not really smelling much hops. It's probably lightly hopped. Yeah. Definitely different from a root beer, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. lemony, kind of crisp, um, kind of like a cracker-like, uh, kind of a limestone-y, you know, slightly chalky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's slightly it's mineral-y, not yeah. too much. It's, it's still it's has, got a little bit of a mineral bite, but not much. Yeah, It still has a pretty, pretty full, pretty sweet body to it. It's not as dry as some saisons. The... Um, The pepperiness that that they described in the marketing speak, you know, that's something I like to find in saisons. I'm having a hard time locating it in this one. It's it's a lot more of the estuary on the estuary side. Yes, it, it it's more floral and a little bit fruity in its content. Mm-hmm. Not much fruit. I mean, a little, maybe a little bit grape, a little, a little something like that. Just an essence of some lemon. Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot of fruit, but there's little floral compounds like lemongrass type stuff. Yeah, it it seems like you know if I was trying to give general guidelines for people to hone in on this beer, I would say like imagine something that's half wit beer, half Bavarian Hefeweizen, right? So you get kind of that weedy mm. flavor from the wit beer, then you get a little a little bit of the banana or something along those lines mixed in with it, which normally aren't wit beers by themselves. There's not so much of the coriander, but maybe that orange peel or lemon peel is kind of kind of the tanginess, the lemoniness we're getting in the flavor, you know. Or an analogous to the, mm-hmm. the lemon is we're getting in the flavor. It's got that nice kind of prickly a body that uh, I think a good Saison should have a, a good, decent amount of carbonation. Just to feel a little bit like a scrubber. 
just mm-hmm. a bit. I burned the top of my mouth at lunch today, so the carbonation has really let me feel oh, it. <laughs> yeah. It's not really tart or anything. It just has, um, or you know, even a bit sour. It just has sort of the, the mildest of, of, of tartness just coming from the general quality of grain. Mm-hmm. There's, it's a, it's a really decent, really, really enjoyable, uh, drinkable Saison mm-hmm. without having... Without being too distinctive, right? It doesn't. It's not some of the more amazing saisons we've had. Yeah, I don't think it's. It's definitely not akin to the kinds of saisons that I think of when I think of saisons. Uh, it's not saying it's bad beer. Yeah. It's just to me, it's not really falling into a saison bucket for me. I'm trying to think of some of our favorites, like um, uh, Lost Abbey. Their um, their saison is saison. red barn. I yeah, think. red barn. Yeah, I remember that being very, very good. You know, um, there are a lot of good saisons, but oh, Victory's V. Yeah, I that think. was a good one. That was pretty drunk. It's been a long time since I've had yeah. that one. Thinking back to you know Phantom and Saison Dupont. You know, if you can get a good fresh, never saison had Dupont. a good Saison Dupont. Never, not, not once, huh. not once have I've I had, had one good once. ones, but often I've had a lot of bad ones too. Yeah. So I don't find myself drinking it very often. Probably draft would be the way to go. Yes, I agree. I think if you can get a draft, and you probably that's probably the best way to get it. Bottled, do not trust those right. green bottles. I hear you. So I mean, for me, like I said, it's kind of more like this wit beer hybrid, like at least the wheat yeah. and the yeast character off a of wit beer. And then kind of a touch of that banana esteriness that you would get from um, Hefeweizen and yeast as well. But mostly whipped beer. It's kind of where I would kind of throw this category. It's still a good beer. It's a good drinker. There's nothing wrong with it. It just, you know, if you're judging it to category, it's yeah. kind of in a limbo. It's it's a little... It's a little like an easy version of a Saison, right? It's a... It's a starter saison. It doesn't get into some of the more complex variables. No, now that it's warming, I'm gonna I'm gonna take back a little bit of what I said. I just took a sip after I had my hands cupped around this thing, and I did get more of a straw hay type flavor. So now it's starting to come around uh, the flavors that I find characteristic of saisons. So that last sip showed me a touch of saison. <laughs> the touch i'm saison. just saying so maybe we just need to wrap some heat into the spear i'm gonna try to do that before it's gone i only have a sip or two left this is a pounder can so we have more than our usual amount to sample so this last week i was in arizona uh i missed craft beer week but pittsburgh craft beer week but it's okay i enjoyed my time in arizona you didn't miss it you're in pittsburgh you're drinking craft beer i this is true and it's not over yet so <laughs> I missed some of the events. Yes, this isn't official event. Yes. But you were here. Was there anything interesting that happened? There were some neat events. I didn't get to go to any of the ones that, you know, if I didn't have kids who wanted yeah. to see me before bed, I would have gone to more. There was definitely some neat events. Uh, today, up at House of a Thousand Beers, they had a donut in beer pairing, and the donuts were savory-type donuts. Kind of like that one we had at Savor last year or two years ago. The one with uh, I'm blanking. Oh, there was a there was a savor donut in beer pairing thing. It was really good. You remember that the donuts they brought back into the media room? They yes, yes, I do remember. 
But I remember like there, there, there was a peanut butter and jelly donut or something. Yeah. Oh, that was very good. <laughs> so <clears throat> there was that one was of them. Really good. House of Thousand Beers had a couple of neat things. They had, uh, and then Caliente. You know, those those two places go all out on Beer Week. You know, yeah. so they had all kinds of stuff you can't get. They did. Oh, and um, Brew Gentlemen had like freshman Firkins. So like all the first year breweries had Firkins there. It seemed like a pretty good event. Had a lot of tweets about it. Um. Yeah, so I would have liked to have gone out and seen more things, but it's a young man's game, I guess. And <laughs> I wanted to, if I wanted to play in that game, I shouldn't have had kids. So maybe in a couple of years, I'll get the, the kids back. Like, Dad, go! I don't want to see anyway. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, you'll enjoy that. <laughs> you know, they still come running to me when I pull in the driveway yeah. when I come from work. There'll yeah. be be a year when they don't do that anymore. And that's when I can go do beer things after work. Wanted to mention this. Michael sent us an email. Michael G sent us an email about uh, the Tony Gwynn beer that we drank. Uh, yes, last <coughs> last week uh, we didn't mention because I had forgotten. And Mike reminded us that Tony Gwynn uh, has unfortunately died of cancer uh, in 2014. Um, he was uh, a great ambassador of the game. He was a great guy, a great player too, and uh, terrible that, uh, that this happened to him, but. Just wanted to mention that, make sure that that didn't go... Mike had said that it appears that this collaboration beer is one of the last things he did. Yeah. So, kind of sounds like it was one of those where he was fairly healthy until he was not around anymore. So, yeah, um, like I said to him, uh, to get in the Hall of Fame and get a pretty good to great beer made after you, that's a good life. That's a life well lived. I liked how he opened the email, right? Because we're speculating what Tony thought about yeah. that beer or beer in general. Yeah. And Mike's like, probably not thinking too much since he's dead. Okay, well, you're you're <laughs> you're putting an interesting voice yes. behind the email that Sorry. wasn't actually there. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> no, but thank you, Michael. That was a good point and good that we, we, we should note that. Uh, do we have any other email? Probably. I'm trying to... Uh, what I'm trying to think of now. This is where we need our production assistant. Yes. Tell us about the... We got something from podcast.com that said podcast hosting fees are so yesterday. We get all this ridiculous spam. I love the ones because there's like some podcast directory website that we're on and we get emails like we're the owners of this website. Yeah. And we get stuff like... Could I pay you to put an article about uh, beer pong on your website? $10,000 and you can put whatever you want on my website. All right. This next beer is from Mike Hess Brewing. This is also a Mike from San Diego beer. This not is presumably Mike Hess. No, not Mike Hess. And this is the Rye India Paleo, the Habitus. Uh, on their website, they call it a double India Pale Ale, so big. 8, 8% alcohol by volume, 100 IBUs, as we always say, far beyond your ability to. Kant's is 86. Huh. It says 17 Play Doh, 86 IBUs, 4 SRM. So I'm looking to Habitus, the double. Maybe there's a Habitus Rye. This is Rye India. Maybe there's a regular and a double or something. Let's take a look. 
So you talk and all I'll... right. This beer pours um, golden orange. It's uh, slightly cloudy. I can see my fingerprint, but not clearly. I can tell that I have fingerprints. I should say. Pours with a. Uh, you already knew that though. Yes, but I can confirm that. <laughs> uh, pours with a nice creamy um, shaving cream type head, and um, has a hoppy kind of orangey citrus aroma on it. Okay, they say it is a Bry IPA. They say it is dry hopped over with over a pound per barrel of sterling and Chinook. And they use lots of rye malt. But that's kind of all they tell me about the beer. Okay. So there's also in a pounder recyclable can. I do not see a freckle. The beer... Okay. The beer has... um, (laughs) You made me lose track. (laughs) (laughs) Long time since I brought out the freckle, so... Yeah, so you definitely get kind of a... It it smells kind of like a... It doesn't smell just hops and water. It doesn't have that West Coast angle. There's some maltiness in the aroma as well. So, you know, that gives it a nice kind of full multi sweet aroma on the body i'm not really getting any kind of the spicy ride just on the nose and then the the hops are pretty big uh clementine type orange like a sweet orange aroma on it my expectations for this beer just jumped as i read that this won the gold of the 2014 world beer cup in the rye beer category okay you have a lot to live up to beer <laughs> let's see if you can do it See it does smell very nice. Yep. Check the temperature on this guy. It's at 54 right now. Actually, it feels a little bit cold. The first sip kind of seemed a bit closed off. I really wasn't getting too much hop out of it. So I'm going to wrap my hands around this thing. Greg's might be warmer. I think it's... I think it's really interesting because it, you know what it's reminded me a lot of? It's reminded me a lot of Ballast Point Big Eye, the okay. kind of sweetness that you get with that. But then you have this rye kick that gives it a lot of spiciness, mm-hmm. too. Combine that with the RNG notes and the slight resiny notes from the hops. It's very very drinkable sweet beer that does not overpower you even though it's got 100 IBUs in it or 86 or 86 depending on which one you yes still I mean right yeah (laughs) basically the same yeah uh, so like my sip you know it seemed too cold to really open up and give the flavors but the one thing I did get is late in the aftertaste that rice spiciness kind of lingered around and you could kind of taste that rightness. And the rice spiciness, I don't know if we can try to describe that a little bit. It's kind of almost like a peppery barley, I guess, or something like that. It's not like black pepper, really, but just trying to imagine kind of like a peppery barley. It's a little it, buckwheatish. It's got, it's, yeah, it anything has. Anything better to describe it? It's like if you were to take your, your standard barley malt flavor and you were to give it a kind of 
a slight earthy mushroomy note along with a uh-huh. kind of black pepper note. Right. That kind of works, I think. I think I agree with your deconstruction. Sometimes it's hard to take these these ele- these things that you first think is elemental, like rye yeah. or wheat, and actually try to describe them better. But I think, you know, just working to do that is, is useful. Makes us better at what it, we do. It's an attempt. I, I, I'm not saying that I've nailed the flavor precisely. It's one of those ones that's mm-hmm. a little little ethereal. It's a little bit hard to grab well, and, onto. And, and for a lot of people, rye is not a flavor they encounter straight yeah. up. You know, it's usually um, mixed in with... Caraway seeds. Yes, I was trying. To, I lost. I lost yeah. the name for a second there. But you know, so like for the longest time, I thought rye was caraway. Yeah, well into adulthood. So you know, trying to get and pumpernickel has rye in it, but mm. it doesn't really taste like yeah straight up rye. I think that the, the, so caraway has a has a kind of celeryish bite to it. Um, so it's like a, a celery mint kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that helps to I think counter some of the more earthy rye notes. So it brightens it up slightly. I think that's why they put caraway mm-hmm. in rye in rye bread. Otherwise, it would taste a little bit. It, it could taste a little too dense, and not just you know not have the right kind of sweetness for what people are expecting. All right, I got this beer at the right temperature. And the right temperature for me is 64 degrees. Okay. And oh, it's it's open. It's giving me great because there's you start out with this big maltiness. And it kind of starts out with this kind of velvety. Seems like there's probably a fair amount of barley malt in this. It's not super high percentage of rye, at least from what I'm tasting. And, and it kind of starts out with the barley side. And it tastes kind of like um, uh, probably... Mostly two row. It doesn't taste like there's too much caramel in there. And I think that, you know, it kind of glides into the rye. And so it gets a little more earthy, like you said. It gets a little more spicy. And then at the same time that that's picking up, you really, the hops turn on. Mm-hmm. And you get this oranginess. I'm going to have to get another sip to continue, but uh, it was a really good sip. It really gave me a whole bunch to think about. While you're doing that... Do you like what you're hearing? I think that's the big question, right? Do you like what you're hearing? If you do, if you don't, then listen to a couple episodes. Make sure you do. If you don't, <laughs> where, are you what, going, where are you going with this? I don't know. Anyway, if you do, you can support us. A great way, the best way to support us, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon whenever you want to shop. Whenever you want to shop. See, I take issue because since it doesn't cost them anything more than what they normally do, that they really don't have to like what they hear. They should just do it anyway. Because well, it's not like they're giving us money out of their pocket. We're not the only ones asking for them to do this. Oh, okay. Sure. Yes, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It's our Amazon referral link. You probably know the drill. But we've probably got a, the way this is successful is when you think Amazon, you think... This sounds. Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, James, for ripping off your slogan there, because he says that. He says, when you think Amazon, you think Basic Brewing Radio. Well, I'll, I'll try to not infringe. Um, when you think about shopping on the Amazon website, remember this pitch. 
and go You'd to be craft- challenging court on that one. It's pretty close. <laughs> go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And it takes just a second. You end up on the Amazon website. Our referral link is baked in. And anything you buy, we get a cut of what you spend. It doesn't cost you a penny more. You're just sending the money to us instead of to that giant corporation of Amazon. And we will use it to make the show better. You should buy the Highway to the Danger Zone single on the Amazon MP3 store. You can get it from the album The Essential Kenny Loggins, because there's there's no way I would describe Danger Zone as anything other than essential. This is essential. It's craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Back to the beer. The Mike Hess Habitus. I can see why this one a metal. This is really good beer. Yeah. It's not blisteringly hoppy. It has a ton of complexity once you get the beer warmed up to about 64 degrees. Mm-hmm. Delicious. It doesn't bowl you over with the bitterness, even though it's there. The hops are very well used. Uh, you know, it's like you said, that, it was, that you said it was Sterling and Chinook. Sterling too. and that's, Chinook. That's an unusual combination. It is, but it gives you a kind of. So instead of Chinook going over, instead of getting overboard mm-hmm. with the piney, it's really giving kind of a very bitter orange to help contrast a bit with the the rye bite. Now, now, just to clarify, they only specify that Sterling and Chinook were used in the yes. dry hopping. They yes. don't. They don't specify specify the brewing hops, which may be or may not be the same. I'm thinking there was probably some cascade in here, but I can't be sure. It's hard to tell. I mean, mm-hmm. when, it, but this this is a very very excellent beer. My guess is a pretty uh, well regarded brewery. I can see why. I can absolutely yeah. see why this is. And this, you know, we've never had the opportunity to try them until Mike sent us the beers, yeah. and I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mike. I have a coworker who they have no children. And they like craft beer, so they travel yeah. all their vacations. And they went to San Diego last year. And she's like, oh, we went to this place called My Cast Brewing. Have you been there? And at that point, I hadn't even heard of them. Yeah. I'm like, no, no. And then I started hearing about them. And, you know, and now I've had their beers, so you're very well regarded out there. I think this is an exceptionally well done Rye IPA. Mm-hmm. That was that was too quick for the cough. Too quick for the cough button. <laughs> it was a rapid fire. <coughs> well, we try. We we don't have automatic cough buttons. <laughs> we still have to press them. We need like a foot switch. The, these <laughs> were there were old. There were other ones that we could have bought that, that were like foot switches, uh-huh. but they were more clicky than these. Uh, okay. So, do we have the? Rolls MS one 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 mic switches that we use to power our. And they're made in the USA. Yeah, they're very. These are like bulletproof. Very well made pieces of machinery. All right, so let's move on to the other portion of our show where it's dark and malty. Barley wine or smoked stout? Let's go with barley wine, and end on the smoked stout. We can do that. Star Hill from North Carolina. This was Virginia, isn't it? Oh, is it? I'm sorry. Yeah, Charlottesville. Charlottesville. I apologize. Jamie so, Barlowsville. This was a Barlow beer? 
No, no, it's just where he lives. Okay. <laughs> Was this sent to us by Starhill? Yes. Yes, thank you, Starhill. Bandstand's Barley Wine. Or bar- Bandstand is the name of the beer. It is a barley I wine. Think, yes, it's live sessions. It's kind of a series, yeah. um, barrel series. And then, yes, this is Bandstand Barley Wine. 10.5% alcohol by volume. Do you expect a lot out of barley wine? 13 and a half. What? That's the label says. Wow. Huh. Websites and and uh, I'm just gonna read off the. Hmm. Who knew? So, yeah, this together. is volume number one. The bottling date is May 29th, twenty fourteen. Bottled by A H. So Anne Hathaway bottled this. Must be, of course. <laughs> That's the most obvious choice. And yeah, they say on here thirteen point five. Hmm. Star Hill also produces smooth ambler spirits. Uh-huh. Hmm. When you get these producers sending us spirits. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to start another podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a big, deep uh, caramelish aroma, toffee aroma on that. Yeah, very woody. Yes. Very, very woody uh, compared to. Well, we had a barrel aged beer. I was going to compare it to the one we just had that I. It's fresh in my memory, but I can't think of what it was right now. But I remember we were talking about how it was very well integrated. It didn't smell like wood chips. Okay, so this is. Here, here's the difference. There's They have a bandstand, which is a barley wine. This is their live sessions bandstand. So this is a different beer than their regular bandstand. Malted barley. They use two-row and caramel. Kettle hops, Columbus, Cascade, and Apollo. Dry hopped with Columbus and Cascade, and they use an ale yeast. 90 ABUs, 13.5 alkali volume. That sounds about right. And so when I first smelled it, it smelled very oaky. You know, like lots of wood, lots of vanilla. Um, But as Greg was looking over that, and I've been swirling this, the overpowering oak aroma is kind of given way to a blend of oaky and malty, and it's it's a much more appealing aroma at the moment. All right, I'm just marking down on our notes so we have it. The beer is clear. It's kind of a reddish-brown, ruby color, yeah. yeah. I like the aroma a lot. It's it's kind of deeper sweetness than you than you get from a lot of mm-hmm. barley wines. I like that touch of booziness coming off yeah. the nose as well. Thirteen point five. I would be surprised they could hide it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, what's the temp on this? Fifty-eight. Definitely want to warm this guy up. Yeah. If that if that mic has only started giving off its goodness at sixty four, so here's a question. Now we've been using the infrared thermometer for a long time. Like we've said, the infrared thermometer is great, but it's quick. But it only does measure the interface, right between well, the sure, air. Sure, but if we're always measuring the interface, then at least we're being consistent yes. in a way. Now, if people are taking our temperature 
and using a probe thermometer, then they might actually be warming up the beer more than we suggest. Yeah. So that's the risk. So Good I'm point. wondering if we should get probe thermometers. <sighs> Instant reads. I mean, I have one, but it's still not. Well, I mean, as get one. Fast. Use yes, but it's still not as. I wouldn't use it as much because yeah. you still have to put it in the beer for like five seconds, and it's easier to shoot it and not actually disturb the beer. Right. So I think we just occasionally remind people that it's with an infrared thermometer, and actual temperature may be may be cooler. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. Until we can get a better way of. Maybe a thermal camera. <laughs> still going to be the still, surface. Yeah, still measuring the surface. You're right. Even if we get the, like, the strips, we can put... <laughs> still the surface. We had a, so this week was Bring Your Child to Work Day, and okay. I had to give a tour of our server room there. One of the things we did was we took an infrared thermometer, and the kids had to find the hottest spot, the coldest spot in the room. Mm. So that was kind of fun. They were running around trying to find what was hot and what was cold. What was hot the hottest spot in the room? Um, usually the power supply area on the back of a server is probably the hottest spot. And uh, if they could open up a server box, they'd find a hotter spot. Sure. But, but the power the supply process. area has like the hottest exhaust. And then they actually, we took off the one duct and shot it right in the crack. And you know, it was almost, almost, it was only about like five or six C in there. So. It was a fun game. Hmm. Better better than my tour last year. Like, here's some noisy servers. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like trying to explain to, like, yeah. most kids that are... Uh, we'll talk about this in the well, post-show. I'm, I'm wondering about this, though. Bring your bring your child to work day on at a brewery. What do you do <laughs> in that situation? <laughs> There's a lot of aspects to a brewery. It's not all about making sure, beer. Absolutely. But it, are you faced with kind of an ethical situation because you're not supposed... I, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think especially people that work at a brewery are going yeah. to be pretty... Pretty liberal, proud of you Pretty think. proud and pretty liberal of, you know, like, you know, taking their kids to beer things. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not a sin to do that. No. So I'm, I, would ex- I would fully expect that a big company like New Belgium Brewing Company has a pretty cool bring your child to work day. Smaller breweries probably aren't set up to handle mm. a bunch of children running around a production brewery. <laughs> All right, so where are we at on the temperature now? 70 degrees. I think I'm going to be happy with that yes. result. I'm so on the aroma, what I have is, what's changed is the oakiness has kind of... Sub- fallen into this malty booziness that's kind of coming out it smells more well-rounded now where it was kind of a bit splintery before you know where it was like wood chips and and very oaky off the aroma when it was cooler Hmm. this is a lot of molasses a lot of that deep sweetness yeah and the flavor really two main things i noticed up front i didn't notice the barrel up front in the first sip Notice this really thick, chewy viscousness of the malt, and then it's a fairly hoppy barley wine as well. So you're getting, it is. so you're getting kind of maybe some pithy, kind of orange pith, a little bit of of 
Mm-hmm. Well, they're using like Columbus and Cascade for the most part, and then a mm-hmm. little bit of Apollo in the kill. Right. Um, but Columbus and Cascade, so you got your orange and your grapefruit. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that really... But the it kind of worked out well. I mean, I love English-style barley wines. Yeah. I My personal preference is to not have that hop flavor in there. But this isn't overboard. This yeah, isn't, this isn't... This isn't like Fresh Bigfoot, where yes, it's really hoppy. You're right. This has had uh, nearly a year to mm-hmm. mellow. Uh, and I think this was a uh, a one-time release in 2014. So, be surprised if you could find this on the shelves. That's not to say that you wouldn't be able to. I mean, they sent it to us fairly recently. Yeah. So I don't really know the story behind it. They sent us a special archive beer. Well, they released you. it in July, July 1st, okay. 2014. So All right. I mean, if they send us an archive beer, thank you. But it also might be out there. Who knows? It only came came less than a month ago, I'd say. Okay, so they... All right, I, I, I got this wrong. I wasn't reading. The, bar, the barrels came from Smooth Ambler Spirits. Oh. That's yeah. what the deal is. Star Hill makes the beer, and Smooth Ambler Spirits made the bourbon barrels. Gotcha. They are an award-winning distiller in Maxwellton, West Virginia. I wonder where that is compared to where we are. It's probably on the south part. You know, close to Charlottesville. My Charlotte's Because yeah. Charlottesville is... In the narrow part of Virginia, yeah. so it's not too far to go up over the mountains to West Virginia. So West Virginia is kind of, it's, I guess, kind of shaped like what Oklahoma on its side. <laughs> what? Right? Cause no. This has got that little thing that jumps up, and that's where it like has. The, it actually has like two panhandles to uh, it, but or maybe one one official, other one. But I'll draw you a map later. Okay. I'm. I'm just. Yeah. I've actually driven from Charlottesville up over the mountains to West Virginia, and. The way the border was drawn, it's like on the the peaks of the mountains. Like in Virginia, you drive up and up and up and up. Welcome to West Virginia. You drive down and down and down and down. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I like I said, I used to work in West Virginia, literally at like the tip of the panhandle. Right. Like so in between Ohio and Pennsylvania, in that right. five mile strip. Yeah, uh, I think that part of West Virginia is probably pretty different from yeah the deep south of West Virginia. Probably. This is. Very rich in the aroma. It's it's one we're really taking our time with drinking. We're glad we warmed it up, and the, the I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to take another sip here and see if I can actually find the barrel. I'm glad that the barrel's not overpowering, mm-hmm. but because it's warmed up, it's kind of really diminished in its presence in the flavor. But I think it also has had a had some time to mellow a bit. Like mm-hmm. it, it might have been really very green and very uh, yeah, very right. fresh and oaky. A year ago, and now it's much more mellow. I kind of joined with the yeah. Maybe that's it because I'm getting some good cinnamon notes, some good vanilla notes, and but it's it's very well integrated in Mm -hmm. with the malt flavor, and maybe that's the barrel. Well, like I said, they they did suggest you sell it, so Uh yeah. So I mean, if it if that yeah, I mean, you're right. I think that's the barrel components, and there's no rough transition. It's so well integrated. Um, at this temperature, this is really good. It's very good. I don't know if it's quite as good as that Rye IPA, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah. This is the Star Hill Bandstand Barley Wine. Live Sessions. Live Sessions version. 
All right, well, I guess we move on to a smoked beer. Yep. Hmm. Don't make me drink this too fast. Though. I know. But there's, we still have more than half a bottle left for you. I know, I know. That was tasty. That was very tasty. Moving on. Okay, this last beer, we went to Stokes Grill one night when they were having, or one day for lunch, they were having, for beer week, they were having a dark horse uh, flight tasting of a bunch of stouts. And um, Heather went down because she wanted to get the Plead the Fifth Imperial Stout. That is, oh, it's a delicious stout, and she had it and she fell in love with it, but it's hard to get. So she actually didn't do the flight tasting. Mm-hmm. She wanted to just buy a six-pack of Plead the Fifth, but it was going to be crazy expensive. So she bought the special six-pack because you do the flight tasting, and then you could take the special six-pack home for 15 bucks. And it was like all the stouts from Dark Horse and then Double Crooked Tree. So she gave me the Double Crooked Tree, which is a double IPA, and then the smoked one. So that's where this one came from. So this... This one that we're drinking is from Dark Horse Brewing in Marshall, Michigan. This is the Four Smoke Stout, F-O-R-E, but they say on their description on their website, number four. <laughs> you are, whatever. 7% percent by volume. We're having a whole bunch of discrepancies yeah. with websites 22 tonight. IBUs. But, but, no, they call it the F-O-R-E Smoke right, Stout, right. but they do mention number four, I don't, you know, whatever. Maybe it's for like a golf no Who knows? Idea. So I, in in my um, in my travels in Arizona, I worked for again a, a company that helps other uh, um, CVBs, other these these local businesses that try to bring in people. One of them mm-hmm. that I, I actually talked to were the people from Kalamazoo, okay. and I talked to them about uh, some beers, and you know we talked about Bell's. I mentioned that some of my favorite breweries are in Michigan. Some of my one of my favorite beers. Comes from uh-huh. Michigan. I mentioned right. the Jelly Pumpkin, and they were like, "Yeah." So they knew. So oh, Michigan's huge. I mean, yeah. did you talk about Grand Rapids at all? Because Grand Rapids is. Well, yeah, the, was talk, I was talking to the Kalamazoo people. Okay, so it wasn't the pure okay. Michigan people; it was the right. Kalamazoo people. So they were more yeah. about, about. So about I mean, Grand Rapids. You know how Asheville won Beer City USA uh-huh. in that popular vote a bunch of years. Well, Grand Rapids won it as well, oh. and the National Homebrewers Conference was in Grand Rapids last year. Or the year before, recently, one of the, in a previous recent previous year, and that's where Founders is it is yeah. and a bunch of other breweries and yeah, Grand Rapids is supposed to be bonkers for beer. So yeah, Michigan, a very wonderful beer state. There was a story in the news uh, this week where there was a Minnesota brewery that got caught selling uh, New Glarus beer. What? So, New Glarus does not distribute right. outside of Wisconsin. Well, there was a Minnesota brewery that... Or, not brewery. I'm sorry. Beer store. Oh, okay. Sorry. Beer right. store. Okay, that's different. <laughs> sorry. I, yeah. I misspoke. That changes the... the but there was, a, there was a retailer selling New Glarus beer, and there was this undercover sting. And in the article, there was a quote that was great. It was from Deb Carey, one of the owners. You know, it was Dan mm-hmm. and Deb Carey. And she was like, I don't know why... Oh, I don't want to misquote her, but it was basically, I don't know why our beer is so popular. <laughs> I mean, there's being humble. And then there's like, you know, a quote to me that sounded somewhat, you know. Disingenuous? Well, yeah. I mean, they've been, you know, one of the most sought after breweries for 10 years. Right. 
And if they haven't, you know, if the, if she was being literally true, they haven't figured it out yet. That's a bad business person. <laughs> but no, she was being humble, right? But I just thought the quote was kind of yeah, you know, it, caught it, my it, attention. It was it was an attempt at humility, probably a. I mean, I haven't read it, so I don't know, but it sounds like a little bit of a failed attempt. But yes, an attempt at humility. But that's sort of like where even they have it on some menus. They they used to, at the very least. They used to have Les Vletterin on some menus around here in Mm -hmm. different places. Because you can't legally sell anywhere except for at Les Vletterin or at the the place across the street, the cafe across the street from Les Vletterin. Except for that one time they did a production in the United, in the United right. States. They heard it wasn't really that good. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have anyway, any feedback on that. But. but you still, it was still available in all these places. Just, you know, it was, it was shady. It was a little bit black market, which is fine. I mean, but <clears throat> I think part of the, part of the, perhaps the, um, a problem with beer getting, with good beer getting to be so popular is that it actually starts to draw the attention of people more. And so mm-hmm. these violations get seen more often, right? I mean, if something is is so underground that people don't know about it, then yeah. who's going to care? There's a, there's a weird line, right? Because there's these rock star breweries, Russian River, yeah. New Glarus, Three Floyds, and everyone wants to have these marquee mm-hmm. beers from them. But then again, you know, I had this back in the USSR from Grist House that was amazing today. And, you know, it may get the reputation, but, you know, there's there's good local beers. There is. You know, so, I mean, I you know, just don't fall into the trap of, you know, whales, bro. Don't try to... <laughs> it- Again, though, it's a little disingenuous of us to say that because we yeah we're spoiled. We get an opportunity. I mean, one of the reasons why we go to why we're going to the Great American Beer Fest this year, why we get you know but, we're going to is oh, is yeah. research. We we wanted to see what's out sure. there. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, beer beercations. Yeah, travel to Wisconsin and drink the hell out of New Glarus. I would. Yeah, you know, but not everybody can afford to travel to Wisconsin, so it, it helps sure. to be able to. When you when you hear about something amazing, you mm-hmm. want to have a taste of it, even if you can't yeah. necessarily get it. I understand that. No, I, I agree with you. I just just be aware. There's so much amazing out there. Yeah, it's not a finite market. It's not a limited market. You know, you can find amazing just about anywhere. But can you find this particular shade of amazing? I, no, I to mean, find the, raspberry tart. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, there's a special special yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah, there. there's there's. Look, yeah. can, can you could you have found what we got in uh, in the same amount as cosmic mother cosmic funk? mother funk? Thank you. Could you? I mean, we've had so many good, other that's stuff. A, that's a good example. I mean, because while it's not mass market, all available, it's a big brewery. It had a, had more availability than it did, but you still had to travel to get to it. If you if you yeah. weren't in one of those cities, yeah. yeah, and you know we we were lucky enough that they respected us enough to send us some, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I can't say to other people don't yeah don't seek this out. You're making me feel hypocritical all of yeah. a sudden. I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to be hypocritical. We're yeah, 
I guess we have a, a an advantage of yeah. what we do. But, you know, hopefully we never really come across as go find the whales or go find this whale. Yeah, I, I think that it's important to realize that you can generally get excellent stuff very close to you. There are certain things that are going to always be difficult to acquire Mm -hmm. and will require expense and effort on your part to get to. Right. It's up to you if you want to chase that. If you do, you will most likely be rewarded, but you should be able to find decent stuff close by as well. Decent to very, very excellent stuff. That's a good point. So... I'm sorry if I didn't mean to sound... Four smoke stout from Dark Horse Brewing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to sound hypocritical. So That's I, okay. I kind of take back some of what I said, but... I, know, I, 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 I don't I understand where I, you're coming from. I, I don't want to... I want people to find available stuff yeah. that's delicious. Yeah, and I, I, I do too. I mean, I want people to, to look locally because there's definitely going to be something locally that you can't find anywhere else. And it's going to have some, just like their whales are going to have some flavors that mm-hmm. you can love anywhere else. They're going to be local stuff that has flavors you love anywhere else. And there's, yeah, I mean, and there's not super rare, but limited things. Like I had a taste of uh, Founder's Blushing Monk, and it was pretty good. It was kind of like a raspberry lambic, but it wasn't so much lambic, It was, but it had, had a pretty good flavor to it. Mm-hmm. It was raspberry Belgian, and... Uh, you know, I was happy to get to get a taste of that, and you know it's moderately available, so people can find that if they're looking for it. So we've got this beer up to seventy degrees. It says brewed with all malted barley and peat malt, and that's all I got on it. Besides the marketing speak. All right, so it pours really black. Oh, well, did like, this um, come from the brewery? This. Uh, I already told the story. It came from the six pack. I apologize. Heather <laughs> got from Stokes. That's Pro. right. All right. So, but really, I mean, this almost looks like it's oatmeal stout. It's so opaque. There's not even highlights. It coming does. Out of it. Ha- yeah. It kind of has that like <laughs> that like chocolate milkshake mm-hmm. quality to it. And the head is a, a moderately dark tan. I have kind of a yin yang in my. I have a, I, I, I have the. I, you have the yin. I have the yang. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> That's very cool. The aroma on this one's quite nice because so, sometimes peat smoke malt can be very acrid, very abrasive, yeah. and a lot of brewers stay away from it. They'll use something like a Rausch malt or uh, something along those lines. The aroma on this one's quite nice. You know, you're getting. You're getting a moderate smoke, but it's not acrid. It's not too hammy. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Roush malts because mm-hmm. they're a little too um, clovey, maybe, or something along those lines. Yeah, they have a quality that reminds you of, yes, the, the sort of cloviness. Mm-hmm. And this one's staying away from that cloviness. But it does have a little bit of sweetness to it from the malt. Uh, I haven't tasted it yet, but the, yeah. the aroma is very inviting. Uh, it works out really well. I've tasted it. So it has a bit of a barbecue astringency to it. It has a bit of a charcoal-like taste to it. Just, just a bit. It's kind of like a pulled pork barbecue. Sort of somewhere along those lines. Especially if you have like the yeah. charred like mm-hmm. surface of the barbecue, right? Absolutely. Reminds me of... Um, reminds me a little bit of... 
uh, what was that place in Brooklyn? That meat place, um, Fetisau. Fetisau. A little bit of like some some of the awesome like tips of that. Uh-huh. Ooh, Ooh. It's, it reminds me of a very good barbecue. Is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I think you're you're on with that. Now uh, that's the first couple of sips. My third sip, the meatiness kind of has gone away, and I'm yeah. now kind of dialed in on the the that actually that peat smoke malt starting to get a little heavy on the tongue, starting to fatigue my bit. palate a bit. I think uh, yeah, it's a, it's that that's why brewers don't use peat smoke mm-hmm. because it does yeah. get a little heavy, does get a little. It's uh, laying on my tongue. It's starting to get a little acrid, and like my inclination is to not take another sip right now. It's like yeah, calm right. down. Buddy. Which is which is fine. I mean that's this is a sipper, uh, but this is a yeah. So it has that kind of mossy quality to it. That slight. Slight bog note, right? But I like it. I, I I like the flavors that are coming out of it. I think that it's well integrated. That I, I was I was actually uh, I was reading Lou Bryson's uh, book Tasting Whiskey and the section about um, scotches and peat smoke and peat, and um, it's pretty fascinating. Like Scotland is actually like setting aside peat bogs for future scotch making like this is protected land so we can harvest this peat like like it's almost allocated out into the future well that's the same thing they do with like forest for trees right sure but this is for making whiskey you know it's there it's an i mean sure peat is a paper whiskey i don't see the difference yeah peat is an agricultural resource (laughs) And it's just fascinating about the whole peat management process. I mean, you know, to me, paper and whiskey are pretty much as important as each other. So I think that they're... Yeah, I'm still working through the book, um, but it's a good book. If you haven't looked up Tasting Whiskey, um, you can get the ebook at a pretty good price. And, and, you know, I I think Lou Bryce is a great guy, great writer, makes great books. Don't listen to the show <laughs> <laughs> yes yes please don't listen to the show it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of a of, of a super long post show more than anything else it was a flawed idea from the onset <laughs> yes <laughs> not our brightest moment <laughs> no it was fun but not it our was brightest it moment. was a lot of fun until the end for you <laughs> yes it was rough all right. So, what do you think about this beer? You want to go into ranking? Yeah, I want to. Do, I want it's to a little heavy on the palate to really drink more. Yeah. All right, I'll go first. Do it. Do you it. Can, you can do it. Well, it, it's tough, but I'm going to put the modern time as my number five. Uh, while I enjoyed the beer, I found it very drinkable. It just it, it felt like mm-hmm. I don't know baby's first saison. It felt like <laughs> Fisher Price, my yeah, first saison. Yeah, right. It was like you know it was a nerf. It was a nerf saison. <laughs> it, it was it wasn't. I, I hear you because at the very end you could I could kind of pick out some strawiness, but before that that whole thing where I was talking about is kind of a whippier hybrid yeah. is kind of where I would actually pick the style. Yeah. Uh, so my next beer is going to be not a beer but the Mission Hard Root beer. Uh, I think it was. Very, you know, it was enjoyable, but I think the other beers surpass it. 
uh, in terms of you know what what it can deliver. But I did enjoy having a, a you know, starting the show with a root beer it was it was a nice way to start. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna uh, put that mission in number four. Number th- my third place beer I think is gonna be this one. This uh, this four stout from Dark Horse. I really think it's a very very well made beer, and I want to take some time with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one's just a little bit more drinkable, and that probably just adds to adds to you know. Oh sure, absolutely. What it is. So <laughs> these are all really good, but I do think number one and two separate themselves out from the pack. So my number two beer, and it's, it's really not that hard actually. I think that the, the ranking this this time was pretty easily. My, my number two beer is going to be the Star Hill. Very enjoyable, very, especially with that year to give it that mm-hmm. that ability to just blend that oginess in with the rest of it. Great barley wine, high in alcohol. Sure, it's a barley wine though. You expect that, right? I mean, right. But this Mike Hess was fantastic. I expect a lot of it when I read that it won a gold medal. I understand. This was great. Yeah, I mean, it, it absolutely lived up to our expectation yeah. after hearing that. My rankings are very similar to yours. I am going to put the root beer in front of the forced out. But other than that, uh, I am, am mimicking you. So uh, I'll just give a little bit of commentary on each one. Um, Modern Times has made some good beer that we've had. Um, this Loma Land, it, like I said, it, it was a good beer. It didn't strike my fancy for a saison and um you know i think the other beers had offered a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, complexity to it um just in front of it you know and the modern times might have been able to pass it on a different evening but this four smoked stout um it smelled good had some neat things to it but because the peat started laying heavy on the palate that really hurt hurt it it there was a moment there where I took a sip and my my body's like, no, don't take another sip. You know, it's it's anti-drinkable. All right. Yeah, and it's not because it tasted bad. It's just because it's... No, I understand that. It the, lays uh, heavy on the palate. Yeah. And so it was like the opposite of drinkable. And, and so that's the reason it's down there. And almost to the point of going be, behind that confusing whip your hybrid that you know the modern times was that the root beer is my third place beer i think that was very tasty um we've had other hard root beers i think this one was more well integrated than i remember some of the other ones being um tasted very much like a root beer it didn't taste boozy had a high carbonation to it um the only thing that would have signified that it's not a mass market. What well, is that? It was less syrupy than than root beer, um, and there's a little bit of hoppiness to it. There's a little bit of hoppiness yeah. to it as well. It's very good. And then uh, the Star Hill goes in second place, and like you said, the top two really floated to the top. They separated themselves yeah. from the pack. Um, the Star Hill was delicious. Uh, I loved once we got it warm enough that the barrel really yeah. integrated into the beer. When it was colder, the barrel was kind of jutting out. But as we got it to the right temps, the barrel got integrated, and it just really was a nice mix of maltiness and barrel and hoppiness and booziness and just a great drinker, slow sipper. And then, yeah, the Mike Hess, this Rye India Pale Ale, um, once we got that up to temp, it was it was everything 
that you want a beer to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, it had it started out with that barley malt, went into the spicy, hot, uh, spicy rye malt. Then the hops came in, and oh, it's just such a show, such a show that beer gave me. Very happy with it. Very happy. Well, you know what this means. I think it's time we just wrap this show, ain't it? It means we're all right. Hey, Kenny. How you doing, buddy? All right, Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, it's beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, we have at craftbeerradio. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you again next week.